This is a Triple J podcast. Hack. Hey, it's Dave Marchese. Welcome to the Hack Podcast. I'm wondering, what do you think about airlines paying compensation if your flight is delayed? Do you think that should happen? Because it might surprise you that in some parts of the world, it already does. Here in Australia, though, it seems we're just used to being treated like crap, (laughs) to be frank, by airlines sometimes. It feels like we're being taken for a ride. We're going to be exploring this in a minute, getting into these demands from consumer advocates, lawyers, all kinds of people who want airlines to step up, treat customers better. We're going to hear a lot of very bad experiences, travel nightmares, just wait and see. I'm sure you've experienced some yourself. Also, later, we're going to be checking in about the budget, the budget lockup underway, but we're going to explore some of the announcements that have already been made before we get into our big budget coverage tomorrow. There have been some breaking news updates today, so we'll keep you across those. Time to get started. Hack. I really don't feel that it's confident any time, whether a domestic or international flight, that it's going to be the time that I booked it. On Triple J. Yeah, that feeling, you're racing to the airport, you got everything done, bags are packed, accommodations booked, you're ready for that beautiful weekend away, or maybe you're going to see some family. Then that message comes through. Flight blah blah is cancelled. No reason. We apologise for the inconvenience. That's it. It feels like we're all just so used to that experience now, chasing airlines for refunds, vouchers, anything for screwing up our plans. It is so annoying. But what if there was a higher standard these airlines had to live up to? Because consumer advocates are speaking out about this. They're demanding more, like compensation if your flight's delayed or cancelled. What do you think? And what's your nightmare experience? Were you happy with how the airline handled it? You can call in 1300 0555 Message in as well, 0439 Miles Holbrook-Walk has been talking to a few people who've had enough. Qantas, you don't care about your customers at all. The driver was already waiting for us at Bali, um, you know, so everything was ready to go and then everything's now just been set back and don't really have any answers as to when we're actually going to get there and what's actually happening. You know, the check-in lines are ridiculous. It's not really security, it's not really the travellers, it's the airline need to put on more staff. The coffee line is as long as the Jetstar line. I'm, I'm learning patience, let's put it that way. <laughs> How fun is flying? It really tests your patience, right? So many of you have been telling us about your air travel nightmares, like Aya, who just wanted to get from Darwin to Adelaide to see a Cicrello. And when I got on the plane about to take off in Darwin, I got an email from Jetstar saying that my Sydney to Adelaide flight was cancelled and I couldn't get off the plane that I was already on. Once she got to Sydney, Aya was told there were no more flights to Adelaide. And I ended up having to wait in Sydney airport for a few hours and then fly to Hobart and then wait there for eight hours and then fly to Adelaide. So I ended up having to fly from Darwin to Sydney to Hobart to Adelaide. It took me over 24 hours to get there. That's right. It took 24 hours for Aya to get from Darwin to Adelaide the same as a trip to Europe. So surely the airline was bending over backwards to help her out, right? It was almost like they were annoyed at me, like I'd done something wrong. There was absolutely nothing offered for like the hours and extra money that I had to spend on overexpensive airport food. Well, at least I got on a plane. When Harry turned up for his flight from Sydney to Melbourne, 
he was told the seat he paid for had actually been given to someone else. I'm just like, what do you mean? And they're like, oh yeah, like, well, they said it like it's so obvious. They're like, well, we don't have as many seats on the plane as we sell tickets. Harry's fear is that if you keep pushing people onto the next flight, people on later flights can get set back till the next day. So someone's going to get bumped off that flight and it's just going to go, someone's just getting bumped off at the end of the day and they're like, oh, sorry, just come back tomorrow and we'll be on the next flight. It's such bullshit. Everyone has one of these stories. So why are the airlines getting away with this? That's what lawyers and consumer groups are asking. The consumer watchdog, the ACCC, the Australian Lawyers Alliance and Choice are all pushing to get compensation for flight delays. It's already happened in Europe and now the US wants to make changes too. Being stranded at an airport with a much delayed or cancelled flight is unacceptable when the airline's to blame. That's according to US President Joe Biden. The same groups also reckon the fact that we have just a few airlines dominating the domestic market, that's also creating problems too. The Transport Workers Union represents members working for airlines and airports around the country. Any proposal really needs to be able to look at the behaviour of the top of the supply chain and a proposal like this you can look at but in and of itself uh, is not really going to change anything. Nick McIntosh is the union's National Assistant Secretary and wants to see a lot of change. And not just with airlines, they need to tackle airports too. So if airlines think there is a risk to this, all you do is pass the risk on to somebody else. So Nick is saying if we don't include the airports in the new rules, the airlines will find a way of blaming the airports and passing on the cost of compensation. We've reached out to airlines. They said the ACCC already has enough power and they all work hard to support their customers. Tell that to Bayer, whose flights were delayed by more than six hours, and she was more or less left in the dark about what was going on the whole time. We weren't told, you know, not even a simple communication to say that, hey, if your flight got delayed, then here are your options for later on. They kind of have a reputation for being cancelled a lot. They should at least start offering those things to customers. Hack on Triple J. Yeah, Miles Holbrook Walk with a lot of experiences there. He's hearing from everyone. We're hearing from you on the text line too. Oh my gosh, so many experiences, messages. Nick from Perth got up at 3am to get to the airport at 4 for a flight at 5, only to get through security and here it's been delayed five hours. I could have slept in. Yes, Nick, what a nightmare when you're getting up for an early flight. It's not easy. Layla. From Mackay, my flight from Mackay to Brisbane was delayed for 10 hours, meaning I missed the state of origin decider game. All I got was a $20 meal voucher for the airport. Oh, that probably wouldn't have bought you very much either. What did I get you? A can of Coke or something. Another person, Amy from Sydney. I once had a delay of about six hours while flying as an unaccompanied minor. That was absolutely awful to deal with as a 13-year-old on my own at the airport. It would have been. Look, we've got some callers as well. Let's go to Courtney from Brisbane. Courtney, what's been your experience, your travel nightmare? Courtney, can you hear me okay? Hi. Yeah, what what, what was your experience? What happened to you? Oh, sorry. Sorry, it's actually Caitlin. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Caitlin. So- talking to me. <laughs> sorry, Caitlin. Um, no worries. Um, yeah, no, I just, um, I had a trip when I was down in Melbourne. Um, I'm from Brisbane, though, so I was heading home. Um, I was about to jump on that sky bus to go to the airport, and I'm, Luckily, looked at my email only to see that my flight had changed. And for a second, I thought they'd brought it forward an hour. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to be, like, pushing this. 
Sorry, I just said the wrong word. Um, And then then I kind of was, and then I realized, actually, no, that's tomorrow's date. And so they've actually pushed me to tomorrow, which is a weekday, which I'm meant to be working. And um, I didn't have anywhere to stay, but I love the fact that the email didn't even have anything about what accommodation I'd get or That's the thing, right? Like there's there's no real explanation or kind of advice. It's like, oh, well, deal with it. So you probably had it out with the airline. Did you end up getting on a flight that day? I did. So I ended up just jumping on the phone and luckily I am a bit pushy because I think some people would have just given up um, because I I just was on this roundabout conversation with this person and I just said, I'm on your website. I can see there are flights out today. You need to put me on one. I need to get to work. And they just went, sorry, I can't help you. And it was just going around and around and I'm asking them to put me on to their supervisor. Eventually they did and I just went, you need to put me on something. And because the flights they were telling me were business class and I just said, well, you've got to pay for my accommodation yeah. if you don't send me, so just put me on the, on the flight. Um, eventually when I got the supervisor, he said, so you want a, uh, a business class flight? I just went, no, I just want a seat. Oh Anytime I need to get out. Caitlin, <laughs> like get out of the, <laughs> this, get home. This sounds like a complete nightmare, but it's one that so many on the text line and on the phone lines right now have experienced as well. Things very similar to that. Hey, thank you so much. Also, sorry for calling you, Courtney. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Well, let's get into this a bit more now. We have someone who spends his days fighting these fights for you. Adam Gleaser runs his own consumer support business. It's called Consumer Champion. He's with us now. G'day, Adam. Thanks for coming on. G'day. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Flights overbooked, delayed, cancelled. All this stuff that we're hearing from listeners. How is it that airlines are allowed to get away with this stuff? Because there are no sanctions in place if uh, if they do the wrong thing. It's that simple. Uh, we need laws put in place to actually punish them for doing the wrong thing. We need significant fines. And uh, at the moment, they keep coming up with excuses, and uh, it's a punt. If you've, got a, if you've got an airplane ticket, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners uh, will be able to relate to, if you've, got a, if you've got a flight booked, it's an absolute punt whether you're going to A, get on it, or B, if you do get on it, is it going to be seven or eight hours late? Yeah, I mean, some of these experiences, someone says our 6pm flight was cancelled flying back from Tassie last year. They put us in a hotel for an 8am flight the next day. That got delayed a further seven hours. At least they gave us food vouchers every hour. That was from Luke in Brizzy. Another person says, I missed the first day of Splendour because of a delayed flight. Absolute joke. And then someone with a bit of um, advice, you know, hey, public service announcement, can we just please make sure we don't take it all out on the frontline staff? Most of the time they're blindsided they've got no control over flight schedules that was chris from brisbane so adam we heard a bit before about how there are these demands for changes which i'm sure you back as well what kinds you you were talking about sanctions and that sort of thing what do we see in other parts of the world but what you've got this is something i've actually been vocally advocating for since 2020 so it's not a new thing this is something that's been overseas for a long period of time uh, over in the EU and the UK, for example, if your flight is, uh, let's say you're going, to give you an example, you're going the EU to Australia and your flight's cancelled by over four hours, they legally still have to fly you and also give you 600 euros, so about a thousand bucks compensation wow. on top of that per ticket. 
Yeah, that's kind of impressive because we think about our experience here and honestly some of the (laughs) alleged compensation people are getting is ridiculous. So, I mean, as part of your work, no, as part of your work, you're helping people get these refunds or compensation, right? How hard is it? Well, to get the refunds, it's tough. It's uh, I deal with customers that have been on the phone to uh, various airlines for 20, 30, 40 hours and got absolutely nowhere. And um, it is very difficult. Look, in the end, in a lot of situations, I do get there for customers. Uh, but if you're just uh, calling up for the first time, you can be in for the fight of your life to get any any kind of refund or level of compensation. And um, when you were just talking about the compensation just then, we were we were actually flying back as a family with our four year old from uh, from Queensland. Uh, when was it? Last December, and we had a nine hour delay, and I think we got a fifteen dollar. Food voucher, uh, to $15 food voucher each, which got us a cup of coffee. That's wild. That's wild. We got some messages <laughs> coming through now. Someone says, had a flight home from Perth to Melbourne. It was originally delayed two hours, became four hours and then totally cancelled. In the end, I was routed home through Brisbane and all up it was about 18 hours. Offered no compensation and Perth Airport damaged my baggage just to top it off, just to top it off. Let's go to another caller now. We've got Dion on the phone from Warrnambool. Hey, Dion, what was your experience? Hi. So we had um, a flight booked from – we were staying in Sydney for a long weekend in um, September last year. Mm. And um, we had a flight return flight booked from Sydney back to Melbourne and um, they cancelled that flight on us. and we went to the airport to try and sort it out. The next flight with the same airline wasn't till the Tuesday. This was on a Sunday afternoon. <sighs> so, um, and when we were there, another three flights were cancelled with the same airline. So there were people wanting to go. There were some ladies going to Tasmania that had um, uh, had to wait. So they had delayed bookings with um, their accommodation and tours booked and everything. And the, we're only going to be compensated with accommodation if we were to take the next flight with this particular company, which wasn't till a Tuesday. Other than that, we would get our tickets refunded and that was it. We get no other form of compensation. So that would mean that we would be two days out of work. Um, so and we, can I yeah. ask, Dion, that, I mean, like, well, and that's, you know, that's awful. Does it change how you fly? Like, are you like, I'm not going with that airline again? I'm probably uh, not to maybe mention airlines, but, like, is that what yeah. happens? Uh, most definitely. So when um, uh, when that happens uh, and then when the um, the airline company that Ospis set, when Qantas <laughs> mentioned, um, they, they put great big, uh, you know, they delivered a, a you know, bumper profits. Um, yeah, it's it just, a bit hard to swallow, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, and and um, and I think Adam was right in saying that if there were sanctions, it's like these airline companies make all the rules, um, but they're not prepared to wear any consequences when they break the rules for their, you know, um, yeah. For their customers. For sure, Dion. And that's what we're hearing. Someone on the text line as well says it's just so one-sided. You know, I lost work due to having flights cancelled. No compensation possible. It's crazy. Dion, thanks for calling in with your experience. Appreciate it. You are listening to Hack. I'm Dave Marchese. Speaking with consumer advocate Adam Gleaser about this push to get airlines to pay you compensation if flights are delayed or cancelled. Adam, big response here. What are your rights as a consumer? Like, is there stuff that we should know 
that can help protect us or we can fight back with? You've got very little in this country at the moment. If in situations such as COVID, everything came down to the terms and conditions of the particular airline, uh, most airlines these days, if there are flights cancelled, since we're not really in that COVID bracket so much anymore, are uh, uh, giving customers refunds. However, as your last caller said, if you have, if you if you miss a couple of days of work, if you if your whole life's been turned upside down, getting a refund for a flight really is the tip of the iceberg. You need a hell of a lot more than that, and. Um, I'm not going to single out any particular airline because it's across the board in Australia. They are considering the government have been turning a blind eye for this and completely ignoring it since it has been obvious uh, since the start of 2020, really, that change had to happen. Uh, it's All the airlines are doing it and getting away with it, which uh, really angers me greatly, as you can probably tell from my voice. Has stuff got a lot worse since COVID? Absolutely. There's been such a huge turnover of staff, a lot of inexperienced people that have absolutely no idea what they're doing in their various departments. And uh, I also believe that there's probably a lot of staff that are a lot slacker than they would have been previously. And, um, I mean... If you've got staff members that don't have the experience in the area that they're working in, it's not really it's not really their fault. It's uh, they're trying to work as hard as they can, but I mean you've got slack workers, you've got workers that don't know what they're doing, and it's just been a it's been a disaster across the board with Australian Airlines. To be honest with you, yeah, Adam, thank you. We're gonna um, just quickly go to another caller, Daniel from Brisbane. What was your experience? Oh, hi there. Yeah, so I was uh, flying up from Melbourne up to Brisbane uh, for a wedding where I was a bridesmaid for a bit of a rarity in itself, so pretty excited for that. Um, yeah, get to the airport, check in, uh, all of that stuff, and um, yeah, get a text about 55 minutes, 50, 55 minutes before the flight saying that it had been uh, cancelled. Um, offered nothing, no, like, alternate flight so i had to rebook and it ended up being i don't know i think it was like 500 dollars uh because it was a last minute flight and ended up having to sit in the airport for about eight maybe 10 hours yep daniel Um, the same thing happened to me just a few weeks ago i ended up having to pay for another flight it was like i was like i had to tell myself i was going to europe that's what i was telling myself i was like that's the that's the cost you're spending here. It's ridiculous. Hey, Daniel, thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much, Adam Gleaser from Consumer Champion. Looks like you're fighting the good fight every day. So many people are glad you are. We're going to keep on top of this and no doubt we'll be chatting to you again. Appreciate you coming on Hack as well. Pleasure. I've got some more messages. Someone says, my first flight ever is next week to New Zealand. You guys are scaring me. Great. And another person, Airlines just don't care about their customers. Hack. You feel proud of yourself on the inside. You feel like you've accomplished something. On Triple J. Speaking up about addiction is really hard, especially when we're talking about drinking. We know Australia's got a big drinking culture. There is no denying that. And so it's often really hard for people to reach out, find help, make sure that help that they're getting is actually effective, right? And that's why there's a push to do things a bit differently and amazing work being done right across the country. 
A new Aboriginal drug and alcohol rehab centre for women on the New South Wales Central Coast has been trying to tackle this problem. It's doing a few things. It's giving young people a chance to recover from addiction. And part of that is helping them do it by reconnecting to culture. It's the first of its kind in Australia and experts are blown away by how it's been running. They want to see more like it. Kira Proust has the story. It can be lonely at times because you don't have that ability to partake in activities or events that people in your same age and demographic are able to do so because you are a sick person, you have a disease, so it does make you at at times feel quite isolated and quite alone. That's 26-year-old Bailey Mashman, a proud Ewan woman living on dark and young country on the New South Wales central coast. She's struggled with alcohol addiction since her early teens and she says it took a while to realise she even had a problem because of Australia's drinking culture. I definitely didn't think that I was an addiction because I didn't. I was fundamentally uneducated on what it was. She's one of 57 women who have gone through a new Indigenous community-controlled drug and alcohol rehab centre since it opened on the Central Coast in May last year. It's called The Glen for Women and it's currently the only one operating in Australia. Bailey says focus on recovery as a young woman hasn't been easy, but it's changed her life. Obviously, being in recovery at such a young age, it does have quite a hindrance on your social life. Currently, I don't really have any friends that are in active recovery or look at sobriety. In terms of like going out and stuff like that, I have had to say no to a lot of things because I need to prioritise my recovery. And I think that In Australia, our drinking culture is so, like, wrapped up in, like, the excessive amounts of alcoholic intake and all that sort of stuff. And I think that putting myself in a situation that can potentially jeopardise my addiction is not something that I'm able to do. The centre is based off the successful Glen for Men program, which has been helping men overcome all kinds of addiction while reconnecting them to their culture for nearly 30 years. It absolutely sets the standards for what residential rehabilitation services should look like. That's the CEO of the Network of Alcohol and Other Drug Agencies, Robert Sterling. We're really fortunate in New South Wales to have a number of specialist women's services, but we've never had one that was specifically for Aboriginal women, so that's what also makes the Glen unique. The 20-bed centre accepts women from all over Australia, from ages 18 and up. The 12-week program is driven by the women, so each day their busy schedule is filled up with things like life skill workshops, drug and alcohol meetings and counselling. But what sets this centre apart is that it tries to reconnect the women to their Indigenous culture. I think that's why a lot of Indigenous people do go through addiction, because they don't have that connection to their culture. It was taken away from them. So, you know, being thrown into a program that enables that is phenomenal. During their stay, they might learn how to weave, paint or dance. All part of the centre's motto, which is to love these women back to life. Since arriving at the Glen, Bailey has taken on an unofficial role running the cultural dance workshops. She says it's played a huge part in helping her recover. A lot of us women are Aboriginal and the ability to reconnect to our culture is like intrinsic to our recovery. I don't think I would have been able to achieve 
the success in the program that I have without, you know, that connection to culture. Chief Operating Officer Kylie Cassidy says she'd like to see this model of care rolled out right across Australia and she reckons there's a need for more specialist youth services. They're seeing a much bigger increase in young people with substance abuse and, yeah, not a lot of support out there for that age group. It can be pretty hard for these types of organisations to secure ongoing funding, which sometimes makes running them pretty tricky. The Glen for Women was initially given around $9 bucks from the former federal government to set up and get itself going. But it's waiting for a new commitment from the current government to ensure it can keep operating into the future. With big issues like the voice to parliament and closing the gap in the news cycle a lot this year, Indigenous health is something advocates say the government needs to get right. Robert Sterling again. I find it really poor practice for government to build a residential rehabilitation facility, know that it's been driven by community demand but only give it funding for a short period of time. I think these type of services need long-term contracts and funding certainty. Local MP and Assistant Minister for Rural and Regional Health, Emma McBride, says the government is committed to delivering longer-term funding but admitted there are challenges. Our broad approach as a government is to, where possible, to provide stability and certainty. But we're doing that in the face of a global financial headwinds and inheriting a trillion dollars debt from the former government. Meanwhile, Carly from the centre says the program's success speaks for itself and she's hopeful they'll be able to help more people in need of support well into the future. We've got women out there that have got their 12 months sober now and, you know, reunited with their children and got their own homes and cars and all those kind of successful things that we take for granted, really. Hack on Triple J. Kira Proust with that story got some messages coming through. Someone says, yeah, please keep talking about alcohol addiction. My best friend lost her battle with addiction three years ago when she took her life. Drinking culture in Australia really needs to change. And hey, that's just a reminder. If you do need help, if that's raised anything for you, Lifeline is there, 13 11 14. These great initiatives are amazing, but they need funding. And we're going to make sure we keep across this one and see if that funding comes through from the federal government. We're going to find out very soon. Speaking of the budget... Hack. There will be help for the most vulnerable, but also for middle Australia as we get through these difficult times together. On Triple Jack. Yeah, we've got all those journalists locked up in the budget. Lock up, they call it. They're all in one room, pouring over figures, facts... It seems pretty boring, but it's also pretty important, right? Our very own Shalala Madour is doing the hard work for us. She's in there figuring out what is in the budget for you because a lot of you are probably asking, is there anything for me? Because we know it's a struggle at the moment. There have been some late-breaking news updates, though, in terms of the budget that have just come out. Hack reporter April McLennan is not in the budget lockup. She's in studio with us now. Hey, April. Thanks for coming in. Hello, Dave. What do we know about what's in the budget for young people? What are these announcements that have just been made? Well, we're just hearing that there's actually going to be stuff in the budget for young people and it's going to help with cost of living pressures. So we don't know all the details yet. As you said, they're still in lockup, but we do know that there'll be an increase to job seeker, the job seeker base rate, base rate, rent assistance, Oz study and youth allowance. And this stuff's really welcomed by many young people. As we know, cost of living at the moment, it's so tough. We're hearing it all the time. So it's it's really help, hoped that this will help ease the pressure a little bit. Oh, for sure. And kind of surprising because like just a few days ago, we were talking about how they were thinking of raising jobs job seeker just for older Australians. But now that doesn't seem to be the case. We're going to find out exactly what's happening in the next few hours. Um, How has all this come about, April? 
Well, I think there's been a fair bit of pressure on the government. Last month, we saw Labor backbenchers and crossbenchers joining forces. They signed this open letter with about 300 other people and they were asking Prime Minister Anthony Albanese to raise welfare payments in the budget like JobSeeker. Yeah. Um, well, look, it may have worked. Who knows? Uh, there's a whole bunch more that we're going to have for you on the budget over the next few hours. So if you're wanting to get an update as soon as that embargo lifts, all those journos run out of that room, you can head to our socials. We'll have full explainers on what the budget means for you and also tomorrow on Hack. That's when we can really dive into some of these big announcements. We'll hopefully have someone from government as well that we can talk to as well. In the meantime, April McLennan, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dave. And we've got a lot of messages still coming through on the cancelled and delayed flights. Knew that one would be huge. Someone says, the issue is if there are higher penalties for late, delayed or cancelled flights, uh, you know, the price of a flight will just automatically go up to compensate for that. That's from Stuart on the Northern Beaches. A lot of people saying that if you want cheap flights, you've got to be prepared for the risk. And that's all we've got time for on the Hack Podcast for now. I'll catch you next time. Hack on Triple J.